Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Chandler Walker, an entrepreneur who can create sustainable growth using a holistic marketing approach. A self-proclaimed care hacker, Chandler believes that through a culture of caring, you can create a mindset shift where you put yourself and your needs first. This gives you the courage to chase your dreams and actualize your goals. With 10 years of executive and entrepreneurial experience, Chandler has a wealth of knowledge in the various cogs it takes to run and create a successful business, such as uh, with operations, sales, marketing, strategy, and business development. Today, he shares his actionable tips and techniques to achieve your goals by being a care hacker, someone who can deeply make a connection from problem to solution. I'm really excited about this conversation today. Chandler, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me today. I'm super excited to jump in here and give you some actionable tips and insights that people can put into their lives and businesses right now to basically take over the world in a meaningful and positive way. I love it. You know, I love it when people come not only with a business point of view, but also, you know, from a caring and sustainable and, you know, really help people point of view as well. You know, so when you have that dual, you know, that dual purpose, that dual mission you know, it really enlivens the conversation. And I'm really pleased that we're able to have that today. Can you yeah. please take a minute and tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing? Yeah, I guess a little bit about me. I grew up and with a mother who suffered from bipolar disorder. So young, I learned kind of how to talk to people in a neutral way, how to walk her up and down and off and off on the cliff and, and stuff like that. And that kind of progressed me into a med school pathway. And my goal was to basically help people. I wanted to put myself in an environment to where I could provide care to people and help because someone like my mother didn't find out that she could actually get help until my 20s. But the problem was, as I got into the med school route, I was starting to find out that it really wasn't about like preventative care or even any sort of holistic care. It was about opening a book, figuring out what medication to give someone and sending them on their way. And it's not really a shot at doctors. It's just how the system is organized. It's a sick care system. So I broke off and I opened up uh, my first brick and mortar. I had some inspiration because my father was a, an entrepreneur. He had a business where they installed siding and windows on houses. And he taught me really young that I did not want to be an installer in life because it was really hard work. But he also gave me the insight that it was possible to open a business. It was possible to build something and it was possible to grow something. Now, not saying that was easy, but that's kind of how the journey got started. So cool. So how did you come up, you know, with the care hacker part? You know, how did that fusion of, you know, self-care and caring for others come into being with, you know, like hacking what's what's around you today? 
Yeah, good question. So throughout my business journey and and my life journey, one thing that I've figured out is if you take care of people, they'll look back and take care of you. And really at the end of the day, people are going to forget everything that you've ever done for them. They're going to forget everything you ever taught them, but they will never forget the way you made them feel. And so one thing I learned in my both my, my life and my personal communication and my business is if you can make your staff and your employees and your customers happy and you make them feel different than anyone else does, you've gained someone who will follow you for life. Same thing on the personal side. If your focus is achieving a level five listening concept with everybody that you interact with and they really feel like you care, you have meaningful conversations, you listen, you, you understand where they're coming from and you remove your own cognitive bias, people start to respect you and, and they really want to be part of what you're doing. They want to be part of your circle. You draw people in. And so my entire philosophy is based around building that culture of care and helping people recognize that, yeah, maybe the world's not all sunshine and gumdrops, but that doesn't mean that you have to be part of that negative persona as well. So what's interesting about what you're talking about here is that you're, you're really sort of shifting the way you personally think about, about these topics and the way you go about you know, living your life and helping people and things like that, but you're also teaching it to others, right? How does that look in your world? Yeah. So when I talk to others, we have a lot of clients, both in the business world and in the health world. And one of the things that I think you have to recognize in both worlds is personal problems become business problems. So the problems that we have in our personal lives become problems in our, our business lives. And so we have to establish what I call a sort of questioning atmosphere in our, in our own heads. A lot of us don't question ourselves enough and we kind of try to ignore what's not right. We try to ignore what's not going well. We try to ignore what's what's just off. But for me, what we try to teach and what we try to work with people to do is when you have those thoughts that come up that may not be the best thoughts, those negative thoughts, when you look in the mirror and you're not happy with who you see, you start asking yourself why. Well, why am I not happy with what's over there? Well, well, why am I not happy with that? Okay, well, what can I do to make this better? Where can I go? Do I have help? And so you start learning how to essentially create sort of a cognitive process of questioning your own thoughts to move you from an emotional perspective into a logical perspective. And the problem with human beings is, for the most part, we operate in an emotional atmosphere. We, we are very emotional first and we forget that there's logic available. So we have to learn how to shift ourselves automatically, unconsciously from emotion to logic by questioning our own selves internally. All right. So basically what you're talking about is, you know, along the thread of imposter syndrome, you're talking a little bit about, you know, just being, you know, not as confident as you should be. Right. And what happens with that is you're right. You know, like once you let that seep into the foundation, you can really start causing some, you know, like some other problems, you know, as you're thinking about the next place to invest uh, or the next, uh, the next move you're going to make in business. Right. So how do you help? Like, how do you cause yourself to then, you know, think a little bit deeper? Like, is this really a business problem or is the root cause based in something else. My girlfriend just dumped me. I'm getting a divorce. My kids hate me, you know, things like that. How does that work? Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's a process of sort of creating that internal questioning atmosphere. And, and what that really looks like is like, okay, I'm, I didn't make enough money this month. I can't pay my bills. Okay. Well, why didn't I make enough money? Oh, well, because my job doesn't pay enough or because inflation's high or because of this. 
okay, well, is that something that's going to prevent me from making money for the rest of my life? Well, no, probably not. Okay, well, now let's shift and examine the evidence. What's the probable cause or what's the probable future scenario? Oh, well, maybe I stay right where I'm at. What's the best future scenario? Oh, I figured out, I start applying for other places. I get another job. I get something that's better paying. What's the worst case? I stay right where I'm at and I'm miserable forever. And then you say, okay, well, which scenario do I want to pursue? And most people want to pursue the best case. So then we start, okay, well, how can I pursue that? What's my first step? And the human condition basically states that if we can break something down into micro steps, we'll actually do it. If you think about the big goal at the end, you're not going to do it. It's going to seem too hard, too far, too, too big to solve. And so you have to break that down into these micro steps or what I call your brass ring. So you have the big ring at the top, but you have to hit the little rings along, along the way. And so by questioning yourself and moving into and examine the evidence environment, you can move yourself to a place to where you start to set your own goals and your own brass rings that are small to big. When you're working with a client then, like how do these conversations start? Do you start with the, well, what's the big problem? What's the, you know, the big hairy goal that, uh, that you want to achieve? Or do you have them just sort of riff on what's ailing them, you know, at that moment and then sort of breaking that up? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of helping people learn to communicate with themselves. And a, a lot of coaches, especially in like the NLP world, try to get these like huge breakthroughs in one session, but that's not sustainable. If someone has a breakthrough in one session, then there's no follow through or limited follow through. It creates a problematic environment for change. So for us, what we do with clients is when they come on with us is the first thing we do is have them start journaling. They start writing down the thoughts that they had throughout the day. They start writing down why those thoughts exist. They start taking in an inventory what's important in their lives. The inventory is like, okay, what's important to me on a scale of one through 10? Spirituality, business, life, kids, whatever. And then once we say, okay, that's how important this is to me, we have to rate, okay, am I living up to that value on a scale of one to 10? And a lot of people find that disconnect right there. And so then we can take that and then we can talk to them and map out how we go from what I want and where that disconnect is to where I want to be. And they can create that micro plan and those micro segments to allow themselves to get there. So really what you're talking about is just, you know, the best way to eat an elephant is one is one bite at a time, right? You don't need to obsess over this massive thing that you need to do. You're really just like, okay, what's the first step? You know, get your fork and a knife. And, you know, second step is to start carving it up, you know, in little pieces, right? Now, how do you help them identify whether a piece is too big to accomplish in one session or in one bout? Like how, you know, like just sort of identifying like, okay, you know, you have this big hairy goal up over here and you need to break it up into 10, 20, you know, separate actions in order to achieve it. How do you know that you've gotten to the most, uh, the most basic and actionable piece in order to move from step one, step two, step three, and so forth? Yeah, good question. So you basically move them to take a self-inventory. So if someone says, okay, well, I really want to do this. Okay, well, as the, as the coach, I would question that. Okay, well, that sounds like a great idea, but do you think that's something you can accomplish by Friday? Oh, I don't know about, maybe not by Friday. Okay, well, let's break that down a little bit more. What do you think we can get done by Friday? Well, I can probably get this done. All right, well, are you sure? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, let's make it a goal to get this thing done by Friday. And then we'll talk about what we do next after that. So that way they break the goals up. They don't organize too much at once because then people get overwhelmed and quit and they kind of go one step at a time. And for human beings, typically when we do that one step at a time approach and we don't try to massively plan, they actually do it. 
And then what happens is each time they hit a little goal, they get more excited and more excited and they keep hitting the goals. And because they're bar just barely putting one foot in front of the other, it gives them that motivation to go from one week to the next week, to the next week, to the next week, until all of a sudden they've accomplished these huge goals they never thought were possible. That's really interesting. So can you walk through a case study? Uh, you know, you don't have to name names, of course, but, you know, just sort of like uh, de uh, describe a case where you had someone come in and they really weren't hitting, you know, the goals of where they needed to be. They really were kind of lost. And what kind of change did you help them get to and what kind of result did you help them get afterwards? Yeah, that's a good question. So we have people on the business world and we have people on sort of the personal side of things. I had one client who came into us who tried on the personal side of things, who tried like 744 different diets and couldn't get anything to work or make sense and was at wits in was kind of based on basically about to just give up and just be happy with where they're, where they're, where we're at. So basically what we did was we took the idea of, okay, well, what's going on here? Why have we tried so many different diets and nothing seemed to work? We started journaling. Okay, journal, journal about your past, journal about your childhood, journal, journal about your, your parents, journal about everything that happened along the way. And in that discovery process, we figured out that they were required to eat their entire plate as a kid. And what that did was it moved them into a pattern of overeating. So no matter what diet they tried, no matter what they did, they would always fail because they couldn't prevent themselves from eating because they had this trigger associated with eating their whole plate. So then what we did with that was every week we would just take a little tiny bit off the plate and then they would eat just a little bit less. So the first week they had, they have this huge plate, they go back for second helpings. And all we did was ask them to take about a little tiny portion off of that second helping. We didn't even tell them not to have the second helping. Then the next week we took another little portion off until like seven weeks later, we've already taken that down to one portion and they've learned how to self-manage. So what, what's interesting about all that, right, is that you're taking a very basic example, which probably was, you know, wasn't as related as you would think it was, right? But once you identify it, it's like, okay, now we have something to latch onto, right? What was the net result afterwards that they were able to recognize these, uh, these patterns, be able to break them, and then be like, okay, now I can move on to the next demon that I need to attack? Yeah. So now what we recognize in this environment as well is, so this person, once they were able to do this and break this pattern of overeating, they lost about 45 pounds, which was pretty incredible for them. But they also recognized that they still didn't really have the confidence they thought they would have losing weight, which is totally normal and pretty common. So then we have to break that down and say, okay, well, what makes you feel like you're not enough? Well, I, do, I just, I still don't like who I see. Okay. Well, why? Okay, well, why? Okay, and then once we start to understand that, we start journaling and we start helping them question themselves in, in terms of that process. So this is what I don't like. Okay, well, we have 10 things we don't like. What I want you to do this week is, let's take thing number one, and I want you to journal on it. I want you to think about it, and I want you to say, okay, let's examine the evidence. Okay, what's the best probable scenario? What's the worst? And, and what's the normal scenario that can come out of me being in this situation? And then what do we do to make ourselves feel different? So we help them self-organize, break down all the problems, and then take each problem piece by piece and move that into a logical environment so it's less emotional and they start to actually recognize what's really going on. What I'm hearing here then is that the journal is really the core of what's, you know, of what you're helping them through, right? And I've tried journaling a couple of times and, you know, at least... 
at least in my experience, I didn't necessarily feel that it helped me. But then again, I didn't have a coach like yourself, you know, to help push me with specific actions on what I should be putting in the journal, what I should be writing, things like that. How would you help, you know, someone like myself, you know, who does have this aversion or maybe this, uh, this negative connotation of why am I going to write down all this stuff? Am I going to do it in my iPad? Am I going to do it on a, you know, in a composition notebook? You know, like why is the journaling part so important? Yeah, a that's a good uh, you know, to help you through, through this whole process. Yeah, that's a good question. And for me personally, I'm not a big fan of like positivity and journaling it just by itself, because I think it's just, it doesn't have, there's no end goal. All you do is write things down. You don't know how to solve what you wrote down. So for me, I think if you are, or if anyone is interested in journaling, you have to learn to journal with a purpose. And that's why something like cognitive behavior coaching or therapy is a great model or example for journaling. We're journaling for a specific purpose to create intent to solve whatever trigger has manifested or, or come up as a result of what's happening in our lives. So then we can create a solution to that problem. And I think that's why if someone wants to journal and really get into that environment, you need to have someone who can guide you, who can help you understand why you're writing things, who can help you understand where that leads and can help you solve these problems that you're going to discover by, by writing these things down. Because I, I think the, the one big problem with journaling a lot of people run into is they mindlessly journal, but it ends up being all about positivity or it ends up all being about negativity. And either way, we need to be able to define and describe and create an outline of what that even means and how we can solve that problem. So the big thing we have to look at is, okay, we need to solve problems. We can't just write about them. So is the act of journaling then just so you're keeping a record that you can then go back to what I wrote six months ago or what I wrote a year ago and reflect on that? Like how much do the past journals affect what I'm doing presently or in the future? Yeah, that's a good question. So journaling is really important because it takes us from internal to external. And when we do that, we not only have to externalize what we're thinking, we have to process it. And then as we're processing it, we have to rethink about it. So it forces us to go into from that emotional to that logical environment. And it forces us to continuously learn to reprocess what we're thinking and feeling as we put it down on, on paper and as we start reading it. So I, I think the big Thing that you kind of get out of, out of this process is the idea that you can say, okay, well, this is how I'm feeling. I wrote it down. This is how I'm feeling now. Amazing. Thank you so much for, sh for sharing that. Uh, Chandler, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about you and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Yeah, for sure. If you want to reach out to me directly and connect, you can go to instagram.com forward slash Chandler underscore SAF. You'll see me on there. If you want to watch my videos, I put out videos every week on both on business, sales, health, wealth, relationships, and strategies like that. You can go to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Chandler Walker, S-A-F. That's Chandler like friends, Walker like the Texas Ranger, and S-A-F. Amazing. Chandler, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been very interesting, you know, great discussion. I love talking about these, uh, you know, how you can uh, increase yourself and increase your output using personal development. The journaling idea was, was actually a nice surprise in this conversation. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully we gave everyone some value and everyone can take this conversation and create their own culture of care. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. 
The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.